up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the neon belly podcast we are your hosts nate john brandon and boys today we are gonna recap ufc 290 and i mean what the heck happened what was this pay-per-view everybody what was it and still and new Drinkus duplacey dan hooker bo nickel robbie lawler we're gonna talk about it all uh, then we will give you our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night main event. Holly Holm versus Myra Bueno Silva. And per usual, all the news and happenings in and around the world of mixed martial arts, including Jones versus Stipe and Ganu and Fury, Cheeto's new opponent, the return of GSP, and it goes on and on. Busy week, uh, mm-hmm. as it should be for an international fight week in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, but first, boys, how are we doing? Episode 141 of the Neon Belly Podcast. You know, it's it's nice to be back in the regular time slot. We've been going a little bit like uh, late in different days the past couple episodes. So um, this is a regular kind of uh, uh, time slot for us. Especially with how late the fights went. You kind of called it, Nate. I'm kind of sad you said it. Because like, no, you get leading it. You're like, decisions. it kind of had, yeah, you're like, well, and there really weren't that many, except for the second to last. That was the only one, really, wasn't it? Was Pantosium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I was just afraid of it. Well, yeah, but I did even, drag. My my brain is still like trying to rack what we just saw last night. Um, I mean, what was it like? Four out of the six main cards were all upsets. Mm-hmm. There was like seven or eight underdogs that won or something like that. I don't even know. It was just crazy night. Um, before we get to UFC 290, though, we do want to thank everyone who was a part of the live show yeah. uh, this past Friday on the Mixed Martial Arts Underground YouTube, The Kickback. Um, that is the name of the live show. Um, we appreciate everyone who dropped in. Got in the live chat to talk UFC 290 with us. Uh, we did experience a huge delay in the live mm-hmm. chat um, at the end, and we really apologize for that. Literally, as soon as we ended the stream, like 20 comments just <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Yeah. And like Johnson, they're like, oh my gosh. Because uh, I can assure you, we would have stayed on yeah. for another hour. Yeah. Uh, if people were interacting and talking fights and, and everything, like it was just a great, uh, in terms of just interaction, it was probably yeah. one of the best we've had. And uh, we would not have into that stream until you know everybody got a chance to to kind of say their piece and and you know like i said that's what that whole thing is set up is we want to interact we want to engage um so please uh for the next one, which will be July 28th for UFC 291, Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje is the main event. That Friday, like I said, it is, wait, is the fight, the tw- I think the fight's the 29th and yeah, we'll be going 29th. live the Friday the 28th. Make sure you come get on the live stream. Um, if you listen to this podcast or any other podcast and you're pulling your hair out because you want to say your piece and you want to tell us we're wrong, <laughs> this is your chance. Uh, right. Come hop in, have some fun. It's laid back. Um, and like I said, we just want to talk to fights and anything else. Um, and I guess lastly, the last little, you know, put a bow on the kickback is uh, we just need to apologize for not being John Morgan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, wrong we, John. Wrong John. Hashtag you know, wrong John. <laughs> like, literally as soon as we start up the live stream, like two people are like, no John Morgan. 
I'm out. <laughs> like, yeah. like, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. We get, get it. it. Between him not being here, Brandon couldn't make it. We probably had a lot of people duck out. But next time we'll have one of the two. <laughs> right. <laughs> next time we'll have either John Morgan or Brandon. We can promise that. So. Yeah. Yeah. There should be should be one of the two. Um, but yeah, man, I just I love those live shows. It mm-hmm. is a lot of work as well. So you know, if you want to support in that regard, uh, if there's yeah. nothing else, if you just want to support for the work that goes into it, uh, that is always much much appreciated. Um, and if you also want to support us for all the work we're doing, uh, Brandon, rate, sub, follow. Let the people know. Rate, sub, follow. Every week we ask you guys to do this. You can follow us on Apple. You can give us some reviews on there, five stars. You can also give a written review in which we'll read them out on the pod. You can also follow us on social. We're on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and Twitter, at Neon Belly Pod. Absolutely. What, what is up with the Neon Belly Pod? So listen, I am tired. I feel like we're on a late night radio show. It was bed at 2.30 and then <laughs> up at 7.30. With so. Brandon and the Neon Belly Boys. Yeah, I've been singing a lot of Post Malone or something, man. <laughs> yeah, did you go to Post Malone last night, Brandon? Is that what he sounds like? I don't know. He does get a little gravelly. He does. He mm. does. That is true. Uh, speaking, though, of leaving those five-star reviews, we do have a new yeah. five-star review. Come with it, baby. From your brother's keeper who says, first off, five stars. That's important. We yeah. appreciate that. <laughs> says, great commentary. These guys are knowledgeable and provide insights that points things out you may have missed in the fights. Seriously fun banter as well. My brother's keeper. Shout out to you. Yeah. And you can be just like this person if you, too, go on mm-hmm. and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do listen on Spotify, there is a five-star option on there. I don't think there's an, a way to leave written reviews yet there uh, yeah not that i know of but, but you can click five stars and it is always much appreciated and so with that boys Two. let's start trying to get into this ufc 290 this past saturday uh from t-mobile arena in las vegas nevada um and this card to me is why i love this sport and why mm-hmm. this sport is undefeated uh because in our main event let's just start it out and wait oh i got it i got it hold on no no not that one here it is <laughs> Alexander Volkanovsky defeats Yair Rodriguez via third round TKO. Uh, greatest featherweight of all time for me, boys, period. Um, I mean, really nothing more for me to uh, in that regard. Uh, dominated the early portions of this fight with the takedowns and the mm-hmm. grappling. Uh, then in the third, uh, it just what seemed like to me is Yair kind of started to open up a little bit in that third, maybe got a little bit more comfortable. And then at the end of the third, Volk just cracks him with mm-hmm. the right hand. Here's the thing. Even last night, I feel like they did show it on replay, but I've seen it over and over today, and he just dong him man i mean like and it really wasn't even that great of like i mean he just like <laughs> cocked back like, it almost looked like if like your uncle punched your dad like just cocked back and just caught <laughs> yeah. it clean um and that was all she wrote and still uh not just featherweight champion but like i said i just think one of the greatest featherweights of mm-hmm. all time for sure in that regard uh your guys's thoughts yeah i was really impressed with the uh the grappling like i, I knew volk had the grappling edge there but i was kind of surprised with how dominant he was on the ground just because a year's last fight he finished with that triangle right so we had kind of talked about him throwing up some funky stuff by year to shut or i'm sorry uh, volk shut all of that down ran through him like butter and then eventually when a year started to get comfortable and open up like you said volk just cracked him and, yeah. and did what he does and just started landing on him and yeah 
Yeah, you didn't have an answer after. It that. almost seemed like like he was just kind of done with it at that point too. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, Yair was opening up and I think he was just like, I've had enough with this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of those kicks got really close and it was probably one of those things where, it, cause it was the year's obviously best round out of the three. Um, and he started landing some stuff and you almost seen Volk like after he got hit with a couple things, like he tries to nod things on like, okay, you got me there. But after like two or three of those combos that like started landing stuff, he was like, all right, well I'm done with this. Yeah. Sets up the right hand, gets the, uh, the, like uh, I think Brandon had said it, like a movie finished takedown where he just lands, yeah. and flips the legs under, lands inside yeah. control, um, starts raining down punches. I think we actually might see that finish in Roadhouse, the Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> 100%. I think, I think he might have just been so bored with this fight that he was like, I'm going to reenact the ending of Roadhouse. Here. Yeah, there's a, there's a high probability there. Um, and, I mean, congrats to Yair for surviving the headbutt, first of all, because that hit him dead oh, in gosh, the chin. Oh, gosh, here goes John. <laughs> Gosh, here, here goes John. Here he goes. Listen, let's not John, act like that has to be fair. Finished. To John, be fair, Nate, Nate's, immediate, Nate's immediate response to that was, <laughs> yeah. well, he lost 30% of his chin there. Right. So. 30% of his right. Then he eats it on the other side with the right hand. Um, oh, John's got PSA 10s uh, to protect over here. Oh, so. dude, it is, here's the thing. They're going to stay in my collection regardless, so that's not a big deal. But, um, yeah, I mean, Volkanovski... What can you say? The, like I said, the wrestling yeah. was there. The control, um, the striking exchanges were fun. Um, like I think the commentary kind of said something that people don't think about with Volkanovski as much as he's one of the few short guys because of his reach and because of his footwork that can play the outside game, get in yeah. and out, use the leg kicks. And I mean, well, that and that's why I picked him for this fight. I mean, I said it on our live shows. Like defensively, Volkanovski is high level as you can get in this mm-hmm. sport in terms of just defensive striking. I mean, he's so tough to hit, and he's just so good at controlling distance. Which I knew, I knew even Yair, as good as a kicker as he is, could still land something. But I knew it was just going to be a different level, mm-hmm. like in just terms of like Yair was still throwing stuff, but you know, which maybe would have hit most people, but not a guy like Volkanovski. And I honestly don't even know if we can fully appreciate how great Alexander. Volkanovski is right now I mean I just kind of continue every time he fights to be blown away Mm -hmm. every single fight I mean if you go back to his last featherweight title fight um, and he's out uh, he's boxing the ears off of Max Holloway right Right. and then here we are against Yair Rodriguez and he's getting it done with the takedowns like how do you beat this guy at this point you know uh, to me he's just the definition of a mixed martial artist Mm -hmm. um, and I just like I said I think he just continues to me to get better every single time um I am curious, though. I think we do have to talk about this. Um, when you consider how good, you know, Yair has looked as of late, even going back to that Max fight, which he lost, but it was a super close fight, mm-hmm. right? Um, are you surprised sitting here today that we didn't see Yair make more of a fight out of this in general? Because I said on our live show, uh, pre-fight show Friday, that I thought uh, this would be an all-out five-round war, mm-hmm. much like that Max fight was, um, yet we saw a very pensive Yair through most of this p- fight, large portion portions of it especially through those first two rounds mm-hmm. um didn't really seem to get going until the third like we mentioned um and sure he was in there with one of the greatest featherweights of all time um but was this a bit surprising to see this fight be kind of easy for uh, alexander volkanovsky you know we saw a similar dominance in the last max fight but it took volk three times to fight max before it looked that dominant mm-hmm. and that right. easy right um this kind of to me felt more like what we saw volk against uh the korean zombie just kind of the ease of it in terms of you know, um, it just never really seemed to doubt that he was going to finish and, and win this fight in general. Well, I thought there was doubt in the third round. There wasn't doubt. The John. first two, Yair three, had good moments. He was kicking. He was opening up and landing. What, what did he land significantly though? That he was, was landing three piece combos, ending with head kicks but and were leg any kicks. Any of them significant in terms of like rocking Volk, 
making the fight look like he was in danger. Yes, because he was he was finally getting everything off. So, so so some of those fights kicks that he landed, they were close to finishing the fight. You thought, oh, he's they could have. You get one inch off from hitting a chin or hitting a hand, but they didn't. Your misses but, aren't the same. No, thing. but what I'm saying right. is he started <laughs> opening up and landing his stuff. That's danger. Well, once I mean, he finds range, then you could set up something bigger later. That's what he does. I mean, I could give you maybe yeah, he was he was seeming to, to open up a little bit more, but to say that he was taking control of the fight, I still don't even think he was winning that round. Oh yes, he was. Come on, bro. No, I still don't think he was even. He was that round. he was moving forward and landing his stuff. Finally, he wasn't getting taken down. No, mm -mm. I just don't think you remember that correctly. I don't. I, I mean, but I mean, it was just so dominant by Alexander Volkanov. But then it got paused from the headbutt, and then he lands the right hand. And that's what I'm saying. Like I think sitting here today, the first two rounds for sure i really just expected this to be you know more of a fight in general like just a bigger you know just like i said that's that back and forth war and we just didn't get it right. I, I don't know if it was maybe something on yair's part just maybe didn't show up ready you know or not I, ready but maybe didn't get a good warm-up or you know i think it was the grappling man i think like his last loss prior to this was frankie right yeah mm -hmm. well okay max but before that was frankie it was the first time we really see him taste a few sure. like that and i think that it's the same thing. I just think Volk's pressure on top, and they even talked about it on commentary, is the way he, how heavy he probably feels because how, yeah. how kind of beefy he is. Yeah. That guys probably aren't just used to that kind of pressure right. on top. And I just think that he did that over the course of two rounds, and I just think it wears on guys like Ayer, yeah. who's And he alone, he already has such a explosive style. You got to think yeah. how much of that took was taken out of it, you know, in those first two rounds. Yeah. So I, to me, that's why it didn't seem as competitive. And even in those first two rounds, when he was throwing his techniques and his kicks and getting them off, like they had this like crazy whip to him mm -hmm. right and, and, but even in the third when he was opening up that's what i'm saying like i think the grappling and stuff had kind of started to take his toll it just didn't really he was getting off more and, mm -hmm. la and landing more like john said landing more of the combos but it just never seemed like fight ending stuff mm -hmm. you know it was just he may have just kind of been trying to work his way back into the fight a little bit which fair enough it's a five round fight you know you got to start somewhere right right uh but yeah i just think to me sitting here today you know obviously super impressed by the performance of volkanovsky but um a little bit just kind of shocked that um and i don't even want to say it's anything i did or didn't do i guess it's just like this guy is just getting that much better. And well, you, like I said, you think Yair just beat two guys in Brian Ortega and Josh Emmett. Like right. the best of the best, the the best of the rest, essentially mm -hmm. in the featherweight mm -hmm. division. So, well, I think there's also something too for Volkanovski as far as the what we're seeing out of him with these guys. He did have it did take him three fights to do that to Max, but that also means he has all that time in with an all time great fighter to keep getting better and to keep having to adjust his game plans because they fought each other so much. So that probably elevates him so much more as well. But all these pound for pound guys, when you get to seven or so up, they've made a lot of really good fighters look a little bit under their level. Mm -hmm. When you could talk about the Max fights, but then another one I think is important is the Islam fight. After yeah. the Islam fight, he yeah. talked about it. You know, you featherweights better watch out because a yeah. fight like this only makes me better. <laughs> better <laughs> yeah and then he came out and he did what he did to Yair so right. you know I think I th that to me I think was an important point so. and I think there's something to what Volk said in the post fight as well of like knowing that there was a, a real danger here and that he needed to find a way to negate that and then hitting that switch of saying no I'm Volkanovsky I'm gonna do what I do and he wasn't pensive in that situation yeah super super impressive man and like I said whatever he did 
whatever. It just you could tell it took Yair out of a gear that we usually see from him, especially early. Um, so I guess now spinning it forward. Actually, real quick, I do want to touch on one thing. Um, I also said on Friday, but I'll say it again here. As I mentioned, Alexander Volkanovsky to me greatest featherweight of all time. I think he's a defense or two away from two. Aldo's two. Away he's got from, six. Aldo has eight. There you go. That's yeah. Um, but man, when you just look at the <laughs> talent, the record he's got. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at the difference just in talent that the guys have faced and stuff, it's just so hard to deny it. I mean, um, I, I would be okay if somebody still wanted to keep Aldo in front of Volk for that reason, just because in terms of he, you still got to go out and fight regardless of the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as John Jones is in the UFC with a title <laughs> around his shoulder, he is number one pound for pound. It's not Volk. So I know commentary was trying to sell you the wolf tickets that Alexander Volkanov, <laughs> he's an easy number too. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great spot to be. Um, but come on, man. If he gets the 55 belt, does he move ahead? Oh, I think, uh, yeah, I think that would definitely, it'd be hard. You know, you got to remember how many times John Jones defended the right. um, like heavyweight title as well. Um, he, we may not see as many defenses with the heavyweight title, but right. if he successfully defends it, you know, it's one thing just to win the lightweight title, but then can Volk defend it, right, right. too? And then if, so then if, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. if Jones can achieve that, I think it's still kind of, I'm not saying he's even that far off from John Jones, but dude. And then, because even if you think they're stalemated, if you put those two in a cage, lock them in a room. At the same weight, skill for skill? No, you you can't do that. That's impossible. That's what pound for pound is. I I think pound for pound is Volk, you put Volk versus John Jones as they are, who would win? I don't think that's how that goes. I think that's how, I mean, what else? Because how how is, that's what pound for pound is. How is is Volkanovski ahead of uh, Jamal Hill? Ahead of Yuri Prohoshka, like Izzy Adesanya. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying. And, like, a lot of it in terms of, like, just you do have to factor in, um, like, achievements and, like, what they've done to an extent. Um, but I also think, like I said, at least in a case like John's and Jones and Volk, is even if you think they're, like, kind of close mm-hmm. and neck and neck, it's like, okay, if you really want to get to the definite, like, oh, pound for pound, like, mm-hmm. Jones would kill Volk if they ever fought. So. I also think it's important to note that if Nate had had a lonely heart pick, it's Sean Jones. Yes. So yes. Very that. well, very well documented. You, well. you got like immediately mad when they said Volk was pound for pound. I mean, yeah, like if- <laughs> I will say it's going to be interesting to see if he jumps Jones in the rankings this week, just because yeah. like recency bias, you know, a lot of people might put him up there and, and it, activity. And I mean, a, sure. Fair enough as well. Um, so there is a chance. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked by it, but I'm just like, dude, as long as like I said, as long as John Jones is in the UFC with a belt on his shoulder and, and um, now is a two-divisional champ as well, he's pound for pound the greatest. I mean, he just he's done it for longer, uh, beat a lot of great people regardless of what Brandon ever said. <laughs> I'm pretty um, sure we had a little pod where I, where I laid out GSP yeah, over Jones. For but, sure. You know. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but the million-dollar question now is uh, what does Alexander Volkanovsky do next? You know, I think the Ilya Topura is a great matchup. It's a great challenge. I'd love to see that fight, uh, but I think Volk is at a stage in his career where I think he wants big fights. Again, I kind of talked about this on Friday. Um, I don't think the Ilya fight will be big enough for Volk. You know, I know he kind of sold it a little bit last night, made it seem like he was interested in it, and maybe he is. Um, but if you even look after Ilya, wh- like, who else does he fight? Like, what's next for him at that point? Um, and honestly, there probably is bigger fights for him at lightweight moving forward, especially with Islam Akhachev. Uh, but I still think if Aljamain Sterling defeats Sean O'Malley and wants to move up, Volk would be crazy to not stick around at featherweight and take mm-hmm. that fight next. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that go 
into this, and we talked about it last night as far as hearing from Charles Oliveira that he can't fight in Abu Dhabi against Islam. So maybe we thought that Islam and Volk rematches was coming up. Then well, it would have made a ton of sense. Right. Then Volk says he needs to get surgery on his arm or get it checked out right. or whatever. Yeah. So that probably pushes that table, that timetable time, back. Yeah, it changes every timeline. But he still, he did say um, in his post fight that um, it would not affect October oh. as a date. So, so that's probably the that makes the most sense. I mean, it would in general because the only other person you could throw into Islam then is the winner of the BMF fight with right. Gaethje and Poirier. Right. But even still, that's going to be a shorter notice for them than it would be for Volkanovski now. Yeah. October's only three months away. Right? right, that's not far. Right. So you you put into that you know a couple weeks from now getting the Gaethje and Poirier. That's two weeks they're not going to have compared to Volkanovski. Well, you remember Volk's hand was broken and he was like weighed in as the like mm-hmm. backup for the Islam. Right. Um, who was it? The, was it Islam Oliveira fight? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he's not above fighting through an injury. Right. Um, I do think anything is possible in that regard. Um, we know with Islam being obviously over there on Fight Island, Island, it's going to have to be a big fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, especially if Poirier were to win in that Gaethje fight, I think that could work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you also now have the possibilities, I guess, of Michael Chandler and or Conor McGregor. We right. got, we'll talk a little bit about that in the news here in a minute. Um, but yeah, man, I, I do understand that like Islam, that is a big fight. But like I said, Friday, man, I still just feel like if, if Aljo were to win and that fight is on the table, I think unless Volk does plan on keep going back and forth and wait, which I don't know, maybe I just don't find that. I don't know. I'm not a super fan of that. Um, but he would be crazy to walk away from featherweight forever and not and leave that fight on the table if it's there. Just because right. it's Aljo and it's like it's him Aljo, coming up. Yeah, and like I said on Friday, absolutely. And I said on like on said on uh, Friday's show is um, no reigning bantamweight champion has ever gone up and challenged for the featherweight title. So it would be you know super unique in that you know regards in terms of just being history and something we've never seen before. Um, and and I do find it to be a fascinating matchup a little bit, especially you know Aljo's a big thirty five er man. He's a great grappler, good wrestler, and he's another one that like just continues to shock people every time he fights. And mm-hmm. I mean, beating somebody like Henry Cejudo is impressive. Who Cejudo was a potential opponent for Volk at one time as well. So right. um, I, I don't know, man. I, I I guess I don't know if you guys have a preference of what you would want to see next for Volk. If he, so I'll say this: if he could make the October Islam fight, is that one hundred percent the fight they have to make? Yes, I think so because I don't think you have anybody else who can make nearly as much of a. Um, a sell especially with charles being out yeah then is or then yeah. volk like because even if you have poye which could very well happen if something happens with volk i just don't think that sells as much right. as the rematch of this really close fight between pound for pound one or two and three right now so yeah volk st- he sounds like he still has a lot he wants to do in the right. sport and i don't know how old he is but i I also, I feel like it makes sense, aside from the Aljo matchup, for him to just kind of really try to submit himself at 55 in the latter half of his career. So that's why I would push for that. And I feel like nobody's even talking about Aljo. You know, everybody's talking about Ilya, uh, Taporia, and and like, fair enough. Ilya is definitely, I think, you know, he's right there. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still think you could see a case, like we kind of talked about it after the Ilya fight, is you could still, Ilya could still afford to fight one more, and it's not like crazy you know right. what i mean to think that he would have to fight one more but yeah i feel like nobody's even talking about aljo maybe it's because nobody thinks he's going to be sean o'malley fair enough that's fine but if he does i mean i'm telling you and again because we know because we make content aljermaine sterling is big business man right i mean like our clips of aljo are like still 
still perform. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, a, a lot of it's negative, I will say. <laughs> yeah. But he gets eyes. He gets right. attention. Um, and I just think that would be a massive fight. I think in, at least at featherweight, that's the biggest fight mm-hmm. they could, in terms of just, again, Ilya's a good fight, good matchup, but... Aljo's a massive fight. Uh, it'll depend on what Volkanovski wants to do. It does. Because I, if he doesn't want to play the weight game and he does, like, if it's like go up to 55, fight Islam, and now you're a 55er or stay down and wait, yeah. I still think he goes up because being a double champion looks a little bit different than, you know, defending against somebody who was a champion. Yeah. And you do still have a max there if he beats Korean Zombie to take the vacant against um, Aljamain or or Ilya or something like that. So they, they still have some plays to make at 45, yeah. but it'll depend on what Volkanovski wants I, to do. I said on Friday, I thought if um, if uh, if you gave Volk the option, he would want to stay. He would fight Aljo. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he kind of has made it very clear that he wants the Islam fight. So I can walk that back a little bit because I do think at this point it's uh, it's probably – that would be his preference, I would guess, because he said it's not even about the belt right. He just wants the rematch. So, right. um, But it is going to be interesting. And, man, this guy is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> He's geez, pretty dang good. It I'm, gets better. Absolutely. And in our co-main event, boys <laughs> – Alexandre Pantoja defeats Brandon Moreno via split decision. Uh, boys, flyweights never die. Never. Flyweights <laughs> never die. I mean, I don't even know if like we're worthy of discussing this fight. I feel like I I told you guys last night. I, I know I'd have to like sit and probably go back through just to double check, but greatest flyweight fight I think of all time yeah. was witnessed last night. Definitely fight of the year candidate, and which is crazy because we got two off of this one card, and this was one <laughs> right. of them. Uh, Pantoja coming out in round one, dropping Moreno. Um, I think a lot of us felt like if Pantoja was going to get this done, it would be early doing just that, coming out uh, like a buzzsaw man, just trying to run right through Moreno. Uh, but then Moreno comes back in round two, and it looked like at that point that it was a matter of time before Pantoja was going to hit the mat. I mean, we were all thought you know, Pantoja had just made a huge error and coming out as hot as he did and early in this fight and that he would have kind of blew his load a little bit there, yet he kept coming forward. Mm-hmm. He kept throwing. And I think what made the difference, especially later in the rounds, was the grappling for Pantoja. Mm. Um, And so much credit to him because that's how champions should perform in big fights. And we all thought Moreno held that advantage coming into this, right? Mm -hmm. You know, five-round fights. He knows how to win. He knows how to dig deep. And, and, you know, but ultimately Pantoja showed why he is now a world champion. Uh, But what are your guys' reactions to what we saw from the new flyweight champ, Alexandre Pantoja? Yeah, so you said it with the grappling, right? Like, I think it was one of those things you could tell, regardless of how tired he looked on the feet, as soon as the grappling was initiated, all of that was gone. Yeah. the cardio was there and he was able to maintain the back control and he's yeah. able to really control those positions and at the fifth round and i think was it the fourth or third he had a lot of control time yeah um, but, i think it was the fourth we had the most in the mm-hmm. fourth but i think without that i think that moreno edges it out on the feet because i think he like pantoja obviously had the bigger shots he sure. dropped moreno but he was moreno, moving him more when he hit him and, yeah but moreno was definitely landing some really solid combinations and really landing on the end of his jab towards yeah. those third fourth and fifth rounds so pantoja had to initiate those grappling exchanges and showed the heart of a champion while he did it so yeah yeah, yeah i thought the 49 46 was a little crazy for yeah, moreno we'll, we'll with, get to with the, the other cars in but a minute. yeah i thought for yeah for pantoja you know the wrestling um because like we've seen jujitsu guys be good at staying on the back, but to get to these yeah. takedowns on somebody like Moreno, who's very shifty and um, has some good wrestling himself. And then 
Moreno not being able to get his head off the line, man. As good as his boxing has gotten, he was just always there for that left hand from Pantoja. And Pantoja just kept on finding energy. Like, he wasn't maybe throwing them as fast or as frequent, but every time they hit, they were just big shots. Yeah, and I love that little... Here's the thing about Pantoja, and he kind of said it a couple times, I think in the embeddeds or maybe at the weigh-ins, and he was like, you guys are booing me, but if you knew me, if you knew my story, you wouldn't boo me. And that post-fight, man, like, that's just like... I mean, it, it's like that's again, that's another reason why you love this sport, right? Mm-hmm. You know, talking about his mom raising him and his brother, um, and then just looking dead in the camera and saying, you know, dad, are you proud of me now? Mm-hmm. Like, wow, yeah. wow. I mean, that just gives me goosebumps, you know, mm-hmm. just, just even saying that, you know, I mean, that's a moment that I think is just, uh, that's one that you'll remember for a long time for Alexandre Pantoja. And I think now, as he is a world champion, I, I do hope that they give him a push because I think. I mean, he's made reference to his story now a couple times, and mm-hmm. I think as we start to learn more about him, I think this is going to be somebody that, just like Brandon Moreno, it's going to be a hard guy not to like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do, do want to give credit as well to Brandon Moreno for the back defense. Um, you know, we kind of joked, like, uh, on Friday, if you even show Pantoja a freckle on your back, you're usually tapping at right. that point. And, you know, uh, he spent a lot of time on Brandon's back. Moreno was able to defend it, but, man, uh, just – super blown away by Pantoja and and again not just like he did it like in a fashion of Volk where it was dominant but just being able to you know kind of beat Moreno in an area that I think we all fought like I said just that willingness to go deep and and find ways to grind out the Mm -hmm. win and and stuff like that I'm really blown away now in terms of the scoring as John mentioned there I had it 3-1 going into the fifth I thought Pantoja was up Um, I totally could see a 2-2 as well um, which I think is what the other two judges had it Um, but I feel like Moreno needed to finish or really needed to win like like put a stamp on round five Mm -hmm. because it is tough with championship fights like you do see him kind of lean more towards the champ in those closer rounds uh but ben cartlidge who scored this fight for moreno which again scoring this fight for moreno isn't a shocker i'm not surprised by the split decision when they said it i was like totally warrants that good fight uh but cartilage gave moreno rounds two through five which is wild to yeah. me um i can't remember exactly it may have been that fourth round uh maybe the fifth but i would have to go back and watch it i haven't got a chance to rewatch. but some of those later rounds were clearly alishandri mm, not a fan of the backpack yeah i don't know man i don't know what uh ben cartilage you know saw was seeing in there but man yeah to give him two through five was very shocking um again even if you had it two two because they were kind of alternating rounds there you know mm-hmm. Pantoja, I think I had it Pantoja one. Uh, I think I gave Moreno two. And then I think I gave watching it uh, live Pantoja three and four. So I think right. I had it three one. But again, I think it was round four was the close. I can't remember. I, I need yeah. to go back and watch because this fight, I mean, we were more reacting than like really, like we were just losing our minds. Well, the so. fights were so crazy that every time we got to one, it's like, oh man, there's two more. Oh man, there's one more. And it- After this fight, I was like adrenaline dumped. <laughs> like, I had yeah. nothing left for that main event. Right. Um, I know it's like, it's crazy to even sleep on a Volk performance like that. But I'm I'm almost probably glad that that wasn't a five round war because I had no energy left to get. Right. I mean, we're gonna get to more fights here. I mean, yeah. you know, like I said, we have another fight of the year contender on this card. Um, but I do think general consensus consensus today is gonna be that we have to run it back with these two guys having already fought two technically three times with Pantoja winning every fight. I wouldn't mind seeing Brandon taking some time to recover, heal up before turning around for the third fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, I think you brought up a great point last night is how many more of these fights can Moreno do right Um, and then when you consider if Pantoja were to beat him again you probably won't he uh, Moreno probably wouldn't get another shot you know Mm -hmm. so why rush it 
that's kind of how I feel. But you said that, and I thought that was like bang on. I yeah, mean, I mean, he had four fights with Figgy. I mean, he he just it's it's insane. And then he goes out there with Pantoja and has another fight just like that. Yeah, it was just that that question. Like I don't I don't know how many more this guy has in him. He yeah. knows more better than any of us. But you got to start to wonder after enough of them. Yeah. He's had tough fights. He's had to relocate camps and do a lot of different things. Been through man. a lot, yeah. And why rush it? It's a great time, you know, that you can give somebody else, you know, remember, we still have Amir Obazi, who's mm-hmm. on a six-fight win streak coming off that win over Kai Kara Franz. You have Brandon Royval, who's on a three-fight win streak. Um, his last loss was Alexandre Pantoja. Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of a story there as well. Um, but, you know, what do you guys, I mean, I guess, ultimately, what do you guys think? Trilogy fight up next, or would you like to see, I mean, I think between Royval and, uh, Albazi, um, you're probably going to give it to Albazi. Although I kind of thought maybe they were leaning towards doing them as like a number one contender. So you could also make a case for, mm-hmm. you know, put them on the same card, let Moreno Pantoja rematch, and then, you know, you'll have a clear cut. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess. I and I think those I think those Figueredo fights were like pretty like like they I don't think he takes much time either between mm-hmm. a lot of those mm-hmm. fights if I remember I'd have to look but um, I don't know there was one in there where it was like two months apart yeah he had fights in there like that I don't think there's a wrong answer to any yeah. of those I I think any way they want to go I think a lot of it depends on Moreno honestly right. and kind of what he's wanting sure. to do. does he does he clamoring for that rematch does he want to take some time away mm-hmm. if he does take time away is UFC want to push somebody up for Pantoja or they want to do a contender fight right. I don't think any of those are wrong so I just think it, it comes down to what is Moreno really thinking how you know what's he wanting right. I didn't watch his post fight or any of that so I don't know what he said that was significant there but yeah um, yeah I don't know yeah. yeah, I think it'll just depend on what Moreno wants to do and how they want to handle Pantoja. Do they want to give him like a Brazil card in his next one or do they want to do like an Albazi or somebody else? Because if you do Brazil, I feel like Moreno is probably your best bet to make a big fight out of it. But you do have Albazi, you do have Roy Val. So I think both of those, I, I do like your idea of maybe even doing a number one contender between yeah. them two. Um, I just feel like they leaned on that Figueredo Moreno because it was like, oh, we finally got two guys. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. In the flyweight division, we got two of them, right? Um, and they leaned on it for so long, which led to the quadrilogy fight, you know, almost. And I just feel like we don't really need that now because you do have a Brandon Royval. You do have an Amir Albazi. Um, but I also, I mean, I'm never going to say no to seeing a fight like that again. Um, but, you know, there is there is some numbers as well that, that show, like especially for a champion that loses, is like turning around really fast. It has always proven um to be the best route you know mm-hmm. so and and i'm not even saying moreno's next fight can't be for the title but right. you know it also wouldn't hurt maybe for moreno just take a little time especially after a fight like that right <laughs> and the last couple he's had as well mm-hmm. so and boys this one <laughs> i don't even know what to say <laughs> drinkus duplacy defeats robert whitaker via second round tko um, and wow, uh, that was one thing I did not think I would be saying this morning. He might uh, have to hit the, uh, the button again. Uh, yeah. I mean, Robert Whitaker, that one, no, the embarrassing. Oh yeah. 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 This is all of our picks for sure. Embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robert Whitaker since 2014 has never been beaten by any middleweight other than Israel Adesanya. Yet Drikas Duplacy just shocked the world and did something that not many honestly 
if any, thought that he would do. Um, a clean right hand lands flush to Whitaker's chin, and that was it, man. Mm -hmm. um, he was never going to recover from that. And I'll tell you what, DDP cracked, dude. This dude's got same, some power. Um, and some sometimes things in MMA just kind of work out the way they are supposed to. That's exactly what I feel like just happened for mm -hmm. Israel Adesanya. He even said when he got in the cage, he manifested it. Um, as he now gets the fight that he wants. Um, and we have a new challenger, uh, but I guess we'll start with the fight. It's so if you can comment on the post fight, like I said, is he getting in the cage? Um, another pretty subpar promo from him, John. Uh, I think he was smacked low key. I'm I, think so <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> because the look he had in the crowd was like the drunk guy at the bar who yeah. sees somebody he doesn't like, man. Absolutely. But what do you think of the fight? I mean, man, this was crazy. Was I don't. Crazy. The uh, fact that we're sitting here and Drigas do play well, CB, I can't even say it almost. So you, like, you have the, the win in the second round, obviously, but describe the first round because that's what doesn't make sense. Like the first round to yeah. me was pretty much all Whitaker. Yeah. I mean, he was just in Chopping and out. the leg kick, was using the the wrestling like he looked like oh this is he's way too fast he was a move ahead and a move after yeah, ahead of DDP too fast yeah and then but I kept saying I you could see that right hand by Drikus the whole time he kept throwing that right cross right cross Whitaker and it was almost like his Whitaker it's like because Whitaker would come in and blitz like he does and as he was going out instead of like you know staying shelled up Duplace he would throw that right, which is funny because like Brandon, you were talking about when he threw that right, he instantly shelled. Yeah, but that's kind of what he was doing mm -hmm. the whole time, you know. Um, and I just honestly, um, like I said, man, sometimes things work out, and I almost wonder if he was just like Whitaker was so much faster that like he almost how do I explain this? Like he almost didn't even have time to cover up. He like he threw the right, and you know, does that make sense? Kind mm -hmm. of like he, like he knew he wasn't fast enough, like, so he gonna, was yeah right. He was already going through his motions, and it was just so delayed <laughs> the reaction time that he just kind of got Whitaker to run into well, that he, right hand. He said too that Whitaker would throw a, a left hand at the same time. So as he ducked away, he didn't even get to see his right hand yeah. land. No, because he threw yeah. it, he literally shelled up, <laughs> yeah, like, and turned away. Yeah. Um, and in the first round, I thought DDP did a bad job of running into. Robert's like straight punches and like trying to blitz yeah. himself and it's just the 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 nostrils and the power man <laughs> and I don't want to make it seem like it was luck because like I no. said you could see like Drikus was trying to time that right hand I mean it was clearly what he was kind of maybe banking on in a and sense he said in the post fight he made a read from the cannoneer fight that from South Paul Whitaker was staying open to that right hand and dude even like the takedown that Whitaker hit I can't remember if he either like Brandon you said last night like that's literally like how your wrestling coach would teach it yeah like, tech, like complete like textbook just, yeah pivoting off the outside <laughs> like, foot driving to the side yeah like if that. you probably showed up to like a high school wrestling class right and they're teaching it and like one guy's letting the other guy do it yeah, like that's exactly. like what it looks like <laughs> i mean it just it was crazy you know even sitting here today like again i don't want to take anything from duplay c but you just still feel like whitaker at least is the more technical fighter um but dude there is something about drikas duplay c um we have our new middleweight fighter i would love to know how john feels about this uh because drikas duplay c is a guy who is consistently counted out every fight he's mm -hmm. in i said it on friday he's literally in fights and we're counting him out in the middle of them and he's finding ways to win um so knowing that how much of a chance are you giving him against one of the best ufc middleweights ever in israel adesanya um like is he a live dog in this fight or is, is he going to show there's just these levels between them i don't know how you count the guy out anymore yeah well what makes me nervous is the level of emotion that izzy has with this like sure he seems to be very riled up Which about he had this with alex right but the other thing though is even with that izzy still had a good showing in the first fight with hurting alex right. i don't i don't know that 
I don't know that DDP is going to have because Izzy's so hard to hit. Mm-hmm. Whitaker has been hit. He just does he does his in and out game, and you know he paid for it this time. Izzy really does not like to play around with people when it comes to getting hit. The leg kicks will be there like Whitaker was able to do. Now, if he can get a hold of Izzy and take him down, that becomes a whole different set of problems. But we haven't seen very many people be able to execute that. So it'll just depend on Izzy's game plan. I mean, he shot the single leg on John Jones. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. But uh, it seems like he's been working a lot with Craig Jones too. So probably he probably thought like, okay, if I get this guy, I need to be, you know, there's a chance I end up on my back. I need to have some type of a game. So it seems like he's trying to make some adjustments to get ready for something like this. What do you think? Is he a, is Drigas- I'm, I'm, listen, I'll tell you right now, my pick for that fight is Duplacy. Like, yeah. I've picked against him so many times, and he's just, like you said, consistently proving me yeah. wrong. Why would I pick against him again? Like, I get it. Izzy's Izzy, and, yeah. and he was very confident in his little uh, promo thing with Duplacy, but Duplacy obviously knows something we don't. Dude, I think, I honestly think Dreek has earned a ton of fans last night. Mm-hmm. I think Izzy's. I mean, depending on where they do the fight, right? Like, I mean, if it's in Australia, Izzy's the guy. The crowd's going to go nuts. He's going to have... It has to be Sydney. It's, yeah. Well, especially if Volk's out. Right. If Volk can't make that September, you know, card, it's going to it's gonna have to be Izzy and Drekus. And, I mean, I mean, they were even... I think it was John Anik even said on commentary, like, you know, Whitaker's cut. That's probably going to... Right there, he's not going to make right. it. Because I think it's like a 90-day cuts mm-hmm. or like 90-day medical suspension. And that means you're not technically allowed to even train for 90 days. So you can't take a fight. You know what I right. mean? Uh, so... And then Driguez ends up winning without really a scratch yeah. on him. Biggest I mean, loser, Sean Strickland. Now you don't get your chance because you don't get a bigger story than this right yeah, now. Yeah, uh, but I really think Driguez earned a lot of fans. I don't think the odds are going to be as insane as they were for this. I think Driguez closed at like a plus 500, mm-hmm. something like that, 5-1 to one, uh, underdog. Um, you look at the guys, though, that Robert Whitaker has beat, again, you know, undefeated since 2014, only lost to Israel Adesanya, and you just have to respect that for DDP and the fact that he was able to get it done here. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It is an interesting thought to think of, like, what if this guy really... What do you think? What's your answer to the question? I, I still, like, sitting here today, I reserve the right to change my opinion. Sitting here today, I still think Israel Adesanya it's just going to tee him up. Yeah. I mean, I just don't mm-hmm. see how he doesn't. Um, but like I said, man, even on Friday... This, like, weird, like, head bobbing. Like I said, I just call it herky-jerky mm-hmm. striking thing that Duplacy does. It works. Yeah. I mean, he gets hit a lot, but, man, when he hits, he cracks. Well, what becomes interesting is what happens to people when they face Izzy. A lot of times they are aggressive or power guys. They freeze up or their game plan kind of once they're in front of them, it looks different. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens and, to him. And I think that's why it will be hard for me to side with Duplacy in an Israel Adesanya fight because, you know, we have seen, like, guys just completely freeze in front of Izzy like a Costa and um, Cannoneer even Cannoneer froze in front of him. You know, these big, powerful guys. Um, but Duplacy can wrestle. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's shown that, you know, even in the Brunson, you know, and just dog tired and just like level changing and taking guys down. It's like insane, man. Um, I'm pretty fun. I'm, I'm pretty hyped up for it. I yeah. hope, I hope we get it in September. I really do. Yeah. And I mean, for Izzy, as far as like, just keep on building on his brand to get the Alex, you know, the two fights back to back and then to get this, like he's finally getting some more, you know, really building and really motivating fights for him. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited. Man. I'm sure. If, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure. I know he's excited about it, but yeah, I'm sure if you're Izzy, like you needed this, like, mm-hmm. cause you know, the, the, the division was probably starting to feel a little stale. Um, it hasn't looked great him going up the one time he did to light heavyweight. Now, if he committed himself up to it, that could be a completely different story. But he's probably not super motivated to go back up, especially with Pe- uh, Pereira up there now, mm-hmm. too. Um, so 
this kind of at least buys him more time in the middleweight division and not just buying him more time because there's always challengers if you stick around, um, but somebody that he really actually wants to be right. as well. Um, and uh, also, I do want to throw this in there. You know, rough night for Mexico, right? Uh, three of the uh, two of the three champions that they came into last night with uh, fall here, uh, meaning they just now have one champion. But as one nation's fall begins, the other one, or uh, one falls, the rise of another one begins, excuse me. Uh, with South Africa. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, DDP, uh, his teammate, Cody Saman, mm-hmm. that's who it was. Big first-round knockout on the undercard. Uh, there's definitely something brewing down there in mm-hmm. uh, South Africa. So Yeah, it's. did they have um, – no, that was that was somebody else. I was trying to think of who was in this corner, but it was somebody else. But, yeah, I mean, that's a good showing for them. Australia and Mexico both had a lot of people, and it was a little bit of a mixed bag for as big as the, both of those countries were uh, represented. Yeah, and Saman said they've got another guy – that it's not far behind like he's either about to be in the ufc or something like that and he was like look out for him as well not a a good night for our parlays i don't think there's no way anybody's i mean here's the thing unless you just yeah yeah unless you just take like some crazy flyers like i'll just you took dogs yeah i'll put put a couple bucks here i mean good for you but man yeah crazy (laughs) um and with another crazy the other fight of the year contender we had dan hooker defeats Jalen Turner via split decision. Again, fight of the year candidate. Um, Don't know if you put it above Moreno Pantoja, uh, but this fight was as advertised. It literally had everything but the finish in the end. Uh, Super close round one and two, and I think that's why we got the split decision here. Uh, Close margins, but definitely not a robbery um, as both rounds were so close. Mm -hmm. Round three, clearly Dan Hooker's round. And man, look out, Dan Hooker, uh, who was going through a rough patch in his career now, like right now, has won two straight, and a win like this is huge for Dan Hooker against a quality opponent like Jalen mm-hmm. Turner. Yeah, Super Saiyan Hooker came different, man. <laughs> yeah, um, does he keep going with the blonde? Dude, now? you got like, to. Do you keep up with the Oliveira? The Bronson? whole like, I want my hair to be pink at the end thing. Like it. I it, mean, what do you? Yeah. But dude, the way this guy came back from that head kick. I still like I was re- like I was seeing like clips of it and not like the uh, it was flush it was everything and somehow he just dude, moves forward he grabs him turned it over like his hit like the, it like almost was with the shin to the no I mean just yeah you don't land a more textbook perfect kick than what Jalen Turner and, and the hit, sound of it as then well. after he grabbed him he Jalen Turner hit him some more times with some big shots and yeah. he's still there man and, and then cr- finished the round on Turner's back yeah. with another twenty yeah with almost a finish. choke yeah oh, I thought it was done I yeah. thought Turner I mean there was many moments and I think to me like that's why even if you kind of thought it was like a robbery is like sitting here today there was at least three or four times where i thought the fight was over for turner you know credit to him for battling through you know he was Mm -hmm. clearly tired hurt um and outside of that kick you know there just really wasn't a lot of those moments for turner i mean he was cracking hooker but you know that's to me sitting here like i I mean first off we haven't even talked about the fact that dan hooker's arm was broken just a scratch yeah, it's just a scratch. <laughs> Saw the x-rays today. That thing is as clean of a break as you can get. Um, but I really thought, you know, we were seeing a faded hooker, right? You know, and I, I even mentioned, you know, he got knocked out by a featherweight when he tried mm-hmm. to go down and fight Arnold Allen. Yet here he is eating these punches from He's a middleweight. Uh, yeah, a guy <laughs> that just cracks like Jalen Turner. Literally, like I said, that kick, I don't know how many people are eating it. I still don't know today how Dan Hooker I think it's the it. shin tats. Maybe it is the shin tats. <laughs> or the back tat, one of the two, man. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, I thought the... 
the, the only thing about the the um the first round was very touch and go for both of them. I didn't feel like anybody landed like anything huge. Second round, obviously Turner lands that, has some big moments and then Hooker turns it around, almost gets the finish, but I think after Hooker got up from being in that choke, he was broke at that point. His yeah. his energy was gone. He was faded at that point. Yeah, he did seem tired. Uh, he was able to you know get into some situations where he would kind of ball up and then throw some big punches and hit yeah. Hooker, and then Hooker got on top of him in the third. And um, you know DC and everybody was like, "Get up, let him up." But if he broke his arm, mm-hmm. that's probably the safest move for him is to stay on top of him, throw some punches so he can retain the win uh, with the broken arm. But yeah, Hooker's chin. I don't know what he. Uh, Maybe a lot of Vegemite or something. I don't yeah. know. What do you think? Yeah, no, just all the same, man. Like, it was really impressive for Hooker. I was kind of in the same boat thinking we were looking at a faded Hooker. Like, I don't know what he's got left in this. But yeah. then he goes out and beats the number 12. I think he was number 12, number 13. 11. Number 11. Number 11 Hooker and, was 12. And, okay, yeah, and beat the number 11 guy in Turner and showed the grit that he's hit, that we knew he had. We just hadn't seen right. it in a little bit since Poirier. So good good to see that version of Hooker kind of make it back. And the tough thing now for Dan Hooker is he, there's no way he's not going to fight somebody, like, with a bigger name. Probably I could see, like, a Gamrot. Honestly, mm-hmm. that to me, that would make a lot of sense. I don't think Gamrot's booked either, um, if I remember. Uh, but that's going to be the tough thing. But, man, yeah, I'm, like, just – Really, like I said, the resurgence, the story. I mean, he's on. We'll see what happens from here. Um, but given the nature of Turner missing weight and his size for the weight class, um, I think there is. I guess we could didn't say that off top either because uh, we addressed it on the Friday show. But Jalen Turner did miss weight here by two pounds. Um, I think there is going to be a lot of question over his future at lightweight now. Um, I said on our live show this press past Friday, I don't think it's a huge concern. It's ju- it is the first time he's missed weight. It does happen, unfortunately, sometimes mm-hmm. with every. I mean, a lot of fighters happens um but what do you guys think you know would you like to see turner take a crack at 170 or do you think you know let's just see you know give him another one see what happens i don't think i lean any too far one way or the other i think it would be cool to move to see him move up to 70 just because it'll be interesting to see how he looks because we always talk about how big he is anyway yeah just let's see how he looks let's see how he fills out um and then give him a you know a guy in the top 15 somewhere in there and see how he performs and you never know maybe you see a whole new version of turner just because he feels that much better 10 pounds up yeah. he doesn't have to cut near as much and because we we know they talk about how good the weight cuts go but then we see this miss you got to wonder how tough they are even if he is making weight in the yeah. previous fights he's had so sure. yeah i would say if i didn't see the embeddeds where he was talking about how good the cut was going yeah and how, that's a good point how great of a camp he had and even his coach was like yeah no we're on point and then to have this if yeah. he was like struggling and had Oliveira had his team around him having to pray over him with, yeah. with you know towels over him it'd be different but maybe it's just making a little bit of an adjustment to a diet or cutting a little bit early yeah but um but yeah I, I don't necessarily think it's time to like hey you need to go up but if you have another one or your next one is a struggle you definitely should consider it because his frame translates to 170 as well i feel like yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like only Turner, you know, can really answer if the weight cut is kind of caught up with him or not. I haven't mm-hmm. seen him say what happened with that whole thing yet. I'm sure he will eventually. Um, but seeing him fade a bit in that third round, it does kind of make you wonder, especially with him missing weight, um, what happened and maybe if. You know, it did it kind of get to him a little bit. Um, but I will say, and, and even that, you know, he was still throwing. He was still trying. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say in terms of fights, rankings, position in the division, with Turner now having back-to-back losses over top talent like Gamra and Hooker, being in this lightweight division, it's going to be a long road back to the top, man. Mm-hmm. You know, he was kind of on the cusp of it, you know, just about to break into the top 10. Now, back-to-back setbacks. It's going to be tough. I don't think he drops from the rankings by any means. Um but maybe if he were to go up to 170, 
I mean, you look at the 70-pound division, There's it is getting a lot deeper, but one or two wins could see him at least competing at the top of the division faster than it probably mm-hmm. would at lightweight. Like, I think two wins at 170 pounds goes a lot farther than two wins at a 155 right now. Right. You know what no, I'm saying? No, for sure. So uh, there's it, a little bit more room in yeah. the middle, especially in the middle of the 170 yeah. compared to the middle of the 55 where you have the Fizeves and the... Um, uh, uh, who else is in there? Gamrot, mm-hmm. those type of people, and yeah. then, and for Turner too, you had the Gamrot fought where you know you got out wrestled, and you have this Hooker fight where you got outstruck. So yeah. he definitely needs to kind of even just taking a step to kind of re see where he's at and calibrate things because he does have all the potential in the world. I love Jalen Hurler, uh, Jalen Turner versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Sign me up for it. Yeah, I love the idea of it. I love it. And like I said, he can come in, he can get that fight probably right off the back. You win that fight. Like I said, you win one more after that, you're probably competing in the top five at welterweight. Mm-hmm. Just saying, just saying. I just that's my only thought. In terms of the cut, that's for him to figure out. But right. if you are looking at at least where the fighting side of things, it could make more sense. Um, boys, this one, Bo Nickel defeats Val Woodburn via first round knockout. Brandon, you said it last night. Just say it. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, after, that's after that's yeah, that's fast twitch muscle fibers right there. Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, is. yeah. What I mean, what do you even say about this guy anymore? Um, been showing off the jujitsu. Obviously, we know about the wrestling. He's been mm-hmm. showing off the jujitsu. Now he's showing off. He's got hands. And the thing is. And I told you guys, it wasn't even like he looped it and got lucky. It was the timing of it for mm-hmm. me, right? Like, he's really thinking in there. He's not just in there throwing, like, trying to get to his, like, one, two, three, I'm just going to try to double leg. You know, um, the timing on that right hand was crazy. But then to instantly, in the speed at which he followed it up with that left hand and then with that kind of, like, it was almost like an angled uppercut mm-hmm. left. Like uppercut yeah. Kind of yeah. Bo is good, man. Yeah. Bo Nickel is good. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> tweeted last night. It was like, all right, we see he has hands. Maybe he needs to start instituting some wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing. Because you see him, you seen him kind of go like tap at a leg once in the thing. And then after <sighs> that, it was like, okay, this guy's loading up. He waited for his opportunity. And like you said, it was just like a, almost like a instant transmission thing where he was here. Boom. He's there. He's back out. Doom, doom, doom. And, and the, the power too, man. You just know yeah. that he, I mean, in, when you have an X factor, like a wrestling or even like jujitsu or something, you feel a little bit better because you know, these guys are waiting for you to shoot. So you have an opening for your hands or you feel like, Oh, if this goes to the ground, I know I can get up. So I'm going to take a chance here. And he's the the perfect example of that, man. Has he got, has he has has he had to go outside of round one at all? No, no, and I still don't think he's been hit. I did but they I think count? He got hit once. Did they count him? Did they that, count Val with a hit last night? I think night? the very first exchange, I think he got hit. I don't think they did. I Hold don't. on, let me go. I'll go to. Let me type in. Don't go to ESPN because they say two for nine for Val. Oh, so well, maybe he did. I'm going to UFC stats. Let me see real quick. Going down. Sorry about this. This isn't great. Well, here, let me get you. Uh, with this. They did. They counted Val for two. So maybe it was like a him. leg kick or something or a jab. I don't. Uh, I don't remember. There but, was one in the very first exchange they had where no, it was both, punches to the head. Yeah, yeah, says. he hit him twice. I think it was those kind of close ones where he yeah. kinda, like Bo well, kind of came in. The first thing Bo threw was that where he kind of grabs the leg and throws the right hand at the same time. <laughs> he, he did look like he wanted to get he, the fight down he, early. <laughs> that first one, I think, is where Val kind of caught him. Yeah, um, but now for me, the biggest question is what do they do with Bo Nickel? And I'll just make it simple for you guys: ranked or unranked opponent? Ranked. 
I think it needs to be ring. Yeah, I, I feel because I because here's the thing: he's already said he'll he won't do undercard, right? Right. And he is this name, and it's great. You can't keep giving like yes. like lower rank guys main card, fight. right? Yeah. Because you're putting them in a spot like it's tough. You know, imagine imagine his next fight is an unranked guy, but it's like a good fight and it goes the distance. They're not gonna and Bo still wins. Bo's still gonna get put on the main card. You're not guaranteed that, even if you have a good showing, uh-huh. because you're not ranked. I'm, so I'm gonna submit something to you guys, and I I thought long and hard about this, uh, and I want to know too much too soon. And if you guys think it is, that's fair. Maybe I'm out of my mind here, um, but there is a top five middleweight who, given Drukas Duplacy's win last night, um, is now for sure gonna have to fight again before he gets his title shot, and his name is Sean Strickland. Um, And Strickland is a guy who, as of late, has made a career of fighting unranked hype guys who are being fast-tracked to the top. Um, So if the UFC now wants to do that um, for Bo, like fast-track him, Strickland's the fight. Um, And, John, as you mentioned last night, it sounds like Strickland has had some choice words (laughs) to say about Bo, um, like he's not that impressed. Yeah. Um, And I think uh, with that, you know, what we've seen from Bo up to this point – I mean, does it even warrant, like, what do you even give him at this point? Um, Mm -hmm. He's not really even getting hit. He's just run. I mean, again, lower ranked opposition. We haven't even seen him against somebody in the top 15, uh, probably even the top 20. Fair enough. But there's Sean Strickland, who will literally fight clearly now. If he (laughs) he wants a new motorcycle, he'll fight somebody. (laughs) Right. And he needs somebody now, and he's comfortable with fighting guys in these kind of spots. I'm here for it. Well, what's interesting about uh, Bo, too, is up until this point in all his fights combined, uh, not not only not only just now getting hit, but he'd only thrown seven strikes in his first, what, yeah. four fights? He threw seven last night. And, and that's, that's what makes it even hard. Like, even in, like, the top 20, right? Like, you look at, like, 20 through 15, or maybe I'd have to look more better at the rings. But even, like, you think of, like, a Brendan Allen, he's just showing, like, such great flashes. Like, it's just, like, it's even hard to see, like, where he – doesn't fit mm-hmm. in there you know what well I mean? my my one was actually going to be the teammate i was going to say curtis at 15 chris curtis could be somebody who yeah. if you if sean does want to hold out for you know the winner of ddp and yeah. izzy if you just want to get him yeah like somebody ranked in right inside you know just get boa ranking you know that's obviously yeah that would make a yeah. ton of curtis sense, or uh nazardine both have are probably open right now so yeah but like i said i mean with with strickland i mean this is what this guy does now. <laughs> but it seems like it seems like the UFC still wants to slow play Bo a little bit. And maybe they do. I don't know why at this point. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, we can't all respect to Val Woodburn, who, again, I mean, we didn't even get into it. I keep forgetting because we got into so much of this on Friday, so I'm not going to get into it. If you missed it, come on the 28th and we'll yeah. talk more about this stuff. Uh, but Val to step on a, a step up on a couple days' notice for his UFC debut on a main card against Bo Nickel, credit to him. But we can't keep seeing the wow, Val Woodburns of the world right. on UFC pay-per-views. Like So, yeah, it's got to be – I think it's got to be somebody ranked. And if you want to go big, go home. UFC Fight Night main event, Sean Strickland, also the king of those, right. giving Bo Nickel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, boys, the last fight we have time. We 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 got so much. We're almost an hour in. This is not good. Uh, but Robbie Lawler defeats Nico Price via first round knockout. 
Sheesh. Talk about a storybook, man. This is like one of the coolest moments in MMA history. Best in, retirement? In recent, in recent memory. Probably best retirement, um, especially considering the video package at the end, right? 10 out of 10 here for Robbie's mm-hmm. uh, retirement fight. You really couldn't script it any better. It no. almost seemed a little scripted, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, again, like I said, the video package at the end, and then you know seeing him get emotional like that, which as they mentioned on commentary, he's just such a stoic guy mm-hmm. that um, just to see that emotion from a guy like Robbie, you know how much that moment meant to him. Um, and I just think, again, it's one of those things that we're just going to remember for a long time. Like, you'll just always remember that fight, man. Just just an instant classic. And, I mean, like I said, you just don't see it anymore. Dude, and, I mean, Nico Price isn't easy to put away. I yeah. mean, we've seen that guy get into some big fights, but geez, everything was perfect. He looked yeah. good. Foot movement was there. He didn't look flat. Started landing a couple things early. Gets that clinch and just doom, yeah. doom, doom, doom. It's yeah, and the, even to get the walk off, like yeah. there's like a picture I seen somebody post of him with his hands up, and yeah. you know Nico's just kind of yeah. laid out, and it's just like, man, you couldn't ask for something better for somebody like. I him. feel like lately too with guys, we we haven't always seen them retiring on a on a win yeah. like that, you know. So I think that in particular, Let alone in that fashion, yeah. So I, you know, I think that especially is really cool to see, just yeah. him get to go out in that way, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just hats off to a guy with a fantastic. And I hope career. he stays out too, because sometimes yeah. this stuff kind of gets. And <laughs> Connor like tweeted yes. like, "There's no way this guy." is going to be done and then like i think he responded like what do you want to fight me or yeah, something yeah, like that he's probably definitely fighting connor yeah, yeah but um, yeah you, you can't you especially after you know and we'll get into it in the news but he gets inducted so he had his big moment he's getting all his flowers this weekend mm-hmm. and it was just great to see yeah, not many. I mean, you consider, like, look at, just off the top of my head, just because he was on commentary, I mean, look at how, like, Daniel Cormier's career ended right on the losses mm-hmm. with, you know, Stipe and stuff. And, uh, yeah, not many guys get to end on a win, let alone in that fashion. I love the video package idea. I hope that's something that we see more of moving forward, especially for some of these guys that have, you know, achieved the highest level of the sport, um, but maybe are in a place in their career where they just can't get back to there, you know, and um, a send-off like that. I, I hope we see millions more of those right. in the future from the U like there should never not be something queued up if somebody yeah. wins like that I mean I don't know if they would have done it if he would have lost um, I would hope so but yeah. maybe not I mean, I mean you, know, you had to have it queued up so yeah um, and one thing that I did say real quick about this as well on our live show is rough spot here this was for Nico Price mm-hmm. um, and how a loss for Nico could see both of these guys out of the UFC um, and I still feel that way today you know sucks talking about guys losing their jobs um, and we've definitely seen them give certain fighters more great than others um so maybe given the spot in the moment they will give nico one more shot at it but having one win in your last six is rough mm, yeah. you know what i mean uh really tough spot so we'll see but uh man yeah what a way to finish our recap of this card it was a great way to start out the night for us even though there's a ton more prelims and upsets that we, we can talk knock about out of the night down here we had <sighs> some, some performances I a 20 it. second round knockout like it's i love it 290 I mean, we hold the right to change our mind, but right now, oh, card, card of the year. You don't get two fight of the night candidates and not say it's <laughs> right. or uh, fight of the year candidates and not have it be card of the year. Uh, Brandon, update us on our scores. I've been dreading this all day. All right. So, Nate, you only came away, came away with one. John, Yikes. you had two, and I came away with one, uh, three. So, the current points are – sorry, go to the score to the top here. Uh, Nate, you got 56. John, you have 46. I have 45. Hold on. Three, six, nine. 10. I think we had a possible 11 points that we could have won last night. So the fact that the highest winner was three points. And that's off one fight. One fight. No, no, no. I got two for Volk and then oh, two for Volk and then you Pantosi. Just tells you how wild this car. I was sweating. Like going into the Volk fight, I'm like, I'm, I just jawned it. 
I yeah. just I just owe for twelve did right here. Well, I was telling him what's funny is the ones I hit on were the two that seemed like the easier. Like, oh well, Nico's probably gonna take out the yeah. retiring Lawler and yeah. Dan Hooker's fading. And like, nope, got, I got those two. But. Gosh, man, I just jawed it. That's gonna be the that's the new. <laughs> All righty, boys, let's get we because we knew this was gonna go long. We are just gonna pick for our main event this Saturday night from the UFC Apex. Uh, main card start time of 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Gotta love it for a fight night in our main event. Holly Holm versus uh, Mariah Bueno Silva. No, not Mariah. Myra. Myra, sorry. Myra mm-hmm. Bueno Silva. It's been a long You week. just jawned it. I jawned it. Uh, <laughs> John, get us set up for our main event. All right, yeah. In our main event, we have number three, Holly Holm versus number 10, Myra Bueno Silva. Holm is coming off a decision win over Yana Santos. She's won three of her last four, recently signed a new contract with aspirations to get back to the title. Her opponent, Bueno Silva, has also won three of her last four, her most recent being a submission win over Lena Landsberg. She was supposed to fight Misha Tate in June, but the fight was canceled due to Tate pulling out from injury. Uh, Bueno Silva has fought some good names, but none to the level of home as a former champion, and she will look to capitalize on the opportunity that was left by Amanda Nunez retiring. With home, she could be putting her name into the mix for the vacant title fight as well, or at very least put herself in line for a title eliminator. Um, Holmes also looking to solidify her name with a big performance after having a, um, a little bit of a lesser showing uh, in the division without a face. Now is the time for both of these women to take a huge step at this opportunity. I couldn't agree more. Brandon, who are you taking here in our main event? I like Holly Holm here. I know she's she's older. She's 41, but I think the way she fights doesn't necessarily, you know, the age isn't too much of a factor. She does a great job staying on the outside or staying in close when she needs to. And um, she's got pretty good wrestling as well. She yeah. showed that in her last couple fights. Four takedowns against Santos and five against Aldana when she fought her. And um, for Myra, the two fights she's lost, um, she got out wrestled. Mm-hmm. And she's got great jujitsu, but I don't think her takedowns are quite there. We've seen that before. I don't think she's going to be able to take Holly down unless she's got some new wrinkle. So I like Holly here. And Myra's never been finished, so I'm taking Holly by decision. Alrighty, John, who are you taking? You know, I think that, and it's kind of what I said in there, I think with Amanda leaving, I think Holmes is going to be chomping at the bit for this opportunity to get a belt and not have to beat Amanda Nunes to do it. Now, obviously, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the the vacant title fight with, you know, you have Pena and you have Pennington and some other options. But if you're home, you're like, this is my best opportunity to get this back. So I think she is going to have that fire. Um, And Buena Silva has had some really good, fought some really good people, but she's also lost to to the you know yeah. her biggest opponents and I don't know where she has the wrinkle to do something to that Holly hasn't seen before. So I'm going to take Holly home, but I'm going to think that I think that she can overwhelm her with some of that striking. I'm going to say Holly home by third round TKO. Yeah, huge fight for Holly's you know future here. Um, I do think with a win that she might factor in um, to that Bantam, vacant women's bantamweight title, but they can't snub Ra- Raquel Pennington because I feel like yeah. Juliana Pena is a lock, right? Like she's probably going to fight. Unless she gets hurt again. Unless she gets hurt again, but I mean, it. I mean, here's the thing, and like, I'm not gonna act like this isn't true either. That Holly Holm and Raquel Pennington is probably the biggest fight they could make right now for mm-hmm. the vacant 135 pound title. But it would be so bogus to like, just like I said, snubbing Raquel Pennington of that, who's already waited and mm-hmm. she's on a huge win streak. I think five or six herself. But I do have a feeling if Holly wins, especially if it's impressive they'll probably put her in there because it's Holly. Um, both of these ladies coming off uh, really good, per- impressive mm-hmm. performances last time out. Um, each lady obviously holds clear advantages as 
both John and Brandon pointed out. Holman the striking, Bueno Silva with the jiu-jitsu. But I also think each lady holds an interesting attribute in the other's wheelhouse that does make this an interesting matchup. Bueno Silva, though, um, not the most uh, technical striker, but she does have power. And, you know, again, mm-hmm. like we saw with Drikas last night, man, you <laughs> yeah. get somebody on the end of one of those power shots and anything can happen. And then with Holm, as Brandon pointed out, the wrestling takedown defense is, is pretty good, but just the overall wrestling game in general, to, for me, for Holly, um, has gotten a lot better. And I think that's why, as you kind of pointed out, you know, she has a style that kind of, even here in the later stages of her career, she is so dangerous because I think she is factoring and leaning in more on the wrestling. It's kind of bought her a lot of time here at mm-hmm, the end of her mm-hmm. career. Um, and uh, and in, uh, Buena Silva, as Brandon said, isn't the most prolific in the takedown department. Uh, but if Bueno Silva can get the fight to the ground, make no mistake about it, Holm is going to be in some danger in terms of just grappling and jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, even off her back, Holm, uh, Bueno Silva is a danger to Holm. Uh, but Holly has been at the top of this sport for so long. Um, she has so much big fight experience that it's really hard to pick against her here. I knew you guys were going to pick her too. So now I'm really <laughs> thinking, like, do I just go the other way? Um, but I think she showed in her last fight. This is why I'm ultimately I'm going to pick Holly because I think she showed in her last fight against Yana Santos um, that there is still more left in the tank and she is still motivated um, and she knows what this fight is, right? She's probably more motivated now mm-hmm. than ever that the boogie woman is out of the division. Um, it's probably one of her last chance. Not probably. It's got to be the last chance for her to get to UFC gold and I think she'll be able to pick Bueno Silva apart on the feet. Even going back to the Rousey fight, right? Um, when Holmes grappling wasn't as good as it is today, you can see when a grappler gets desperate to get the fight down against Holly Holm, it's not going to end well. Yeah. Plus, Bueno Silva does get hit a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like she gets hit like four point something a minute. That's a, that's pretty kind of on the higher side against somebody like Holly, especially um, in a matchup like this. Uh, Holly hasn't had a finish in a while, but I think she's going to turn back the clocks this Saturday. So give me Holly Holm fourth round head kick mm-hmm. knockout. Let's hit it. Let's, let's preemptively hit it. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, John, what any other fights on here? Yeah. I know we're not going to pick, but any other ones uh, that stand out? Yeah, also on the card, there's some good matchups. Albert Durayev. Durayev. Um, he looks to build on his win over Chitty. He faces Jong Young Park. I like uh, Durayev there a lot. Who's, he's on a three-fight. Park's on yeah. a three-fight win streak as well. Um, you also have heavyweight Walt Harris makes his return, hasn't fought since 2021. Uh, names like Norma Dumont, who will have her eye on the, the main event as she tries to move up in Bantamweight yeah. as well. Um, Terrence McKinney, who's been on and off trying to get back. He's had some bad knockouts, but he's looking to rebound. There's some up and comers with like one loss and 10 plus wins. There's some vets. So everything you really look for in a fight night card, but. Yeah, I said I was actually like looking. I'm like, you know what? There's actually some sleeper fights on this. You know, I think coming off this card, it's hard to then look the 290, and then you look at this card, and it's like, wham, wham. But when you really look into it and start digging into some of these matchups, there is some really good matchups on this card that I'm excited to. John, we're going back to you for the news. Let's go. Going on the news. Uh-uh. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. All right, we got to start the news off with some of the biggest stuff that we heard. Uh, by Friday, we heard that the UFC is announcing November 11th in Madison Square Garden. Heavyweight champion John Jones will be taking on heavyweight goat Stipe Miocic. And <laughs> yeah, this man Nathan's about to sell like all his belongings so he can go see it. Like it's uh, yeah, it's, I'm really, I'm really, really considering going. And Ash is like, well, I don't want to go with you. I was like, I'm literally considering just going by myself. Like right. I, I've never been to a UFC fight, which is even crazy to say. Like I, I've been a fan. I think, I think it's like 17 years now. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a UFC event, but partially because by the time I was like. 
I got a job that I could actually afford tickets to go. Like I've been stuck working Saturdays, like most of my time. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, I don't, I've, I've missed a lot of cards too. Not, not in the last like couple of years. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm like literally considering just going by myself. Mm -hmm. if I have to, could I'm be like, his last that's, fight. That's why I feel like I have to. And it's, the, you I know, Anderson's, and it's the, the legacy, you know, he wins <laughs> while you was in town. Yeah, that's true. Uh, or for the the first one, but for him, you know, not only this could be his last fight. This is the legacy yeah. of his stamp on heavyweight. If it is that way, yeah. it's in his home state. Like you don't get any better yeah. than that for it's him. It's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. Um, also, just real quick, and I forgot to put this in there, but it's because it came up last night. John Jones also did win the SB for Fighter of yep. the Year. So just building on top of that. Uh, also, Friday, Cheeto Vera has no longer. Does what are you not, over there scoffing for? for? What one fight? For the comeback, man. Yeah, it's not yeah. big enough. going up a division. You really think he deserves it? Absolutely, he deserves whatever he wants. Oh, oh that's a. I, don't know I thought Leon that. had a good shot or a good chance sure, at it too, yeah. but John Jones is the name, man. You're yeah. not going to go with that. Yeah. Also, Friday, Cheeto Vera is no longer without an opponent for his fight at UFC 292. His new opponent will be none other than fellow top ten bantamweight Pedro Munoz. Yeah. Yeah, big huge fight. one, huge one for Pedro to try to get back on track. Uh, we talked about it on Friday. Yeah, after some weird fights, uh, there's a big chance for him. Yeah, it puts um, him. I mean, Pedro was a guy that we thought was making an ascension to the title. Lost a couple. Obviously, the O'Malley fight happened. That was kind of weird. Um, but man, you beat Cheeto Silva and your Pedro Munoz. You are right. Cheeto back, Vera. Or what I say? Cheeto Silva. Sorry. <laughs> hey guys, listen to me. When I tell you it has been a long three days. Yeah. I, I don't even want to undersell that. Um. Cheeto Vera, you beat Cheeto Vera. You're, to me, if you're Pedro Munoz, you're competing in the top five. Right? Right. You're right back in the mix. Yeah. Um, the previous two announcements came on the heels of what could be actually the biggest news if it goes through, as Ariel Hawani tweeted Friday that Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou is expected to be announced very soon per, per his sources. Yeah. I mean, that's just got a chance to be something super huge. Yeah. And, you know, you know, we talked about it a little bit. Dana's really good at putting out an announcement with an announcement. So, yeah. um, And you would imagine that... It, with them just now announcing it, it's probably looking at November, December for them to set that up for that. I would have rather seen, you know, we talked about it with Jacob, but I would have rather seen Deontay Wilder. I think, you know, there's at least, to me, that's, I just don't see any world where, I mean, Francis even has any shot at this point against Tyson Fury. I mean, um, at least De Deontay Wilder hasn't been boxing as long. <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's an interesting choice there, but hey. And and I just don't understand the ways, like, the whole PFL buildup, right? You know, bringing Wilder in, and, and mm -hmm. it just seemed like that's, and then Wilder agreeing to the one boxing, one MMA. Like, why did we do all that just to be like, uh, Tyson Fury? Well, last week and the week before, there's been almost all the heavyweights ended up getting booked out. So maybe it was just whoever was yeah. going to win the contract and fury has a little bit more leeway than all of them as being the champion and having yeah. a lot of money already as it, it just it just kind of just you know like with boxing man it's gotten so we've talked about this past year it's gotten so much better in terms of just booking fights mm -hmm. and actually making these big fights happen and it's happened in almost every weight class in boxing but the heavyweights yeah these guys are still just like not willing to fight each other like i thought fury and Usyk was like a done deal mm -hmm. and yet here we sit today and it, i mean it just I don't know, man, it, and I don't know why it is with the heavyweights because that's where, like, if boxing really wants to, like, you gotta you gotta have a healthy heavyweight division. Right. That's boxing's always lived and died by that. So yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes and, and how not, they want to. I'm not book saying it. there's not big stars in boxing in lower weight classes, but right. I think for boxing to really ascend, you know, especially right. you know, just take that and you have to have a healthy fighting heavyweight division. Yeah. And there was rumors of uh, Abu Dhabi putting up money to have like a little tournament between four of the top guys. And yeah. That could still happen later, but as of right now, that's not the case. Uh, to jump back into some John Jones news, we got to see him in Israel. 
Israel Adesanya buried the hatchet after Izzy posted a video that he was with John Jones and they exchanged some nice words and a handshake shortly after posted a video of them doing some play fighting. Um, I know you'd said it best in the group shades of him and Silva like yeah well I actually want to ask you guys and, and you, I want your answer which fight are you guys more bummed that we never got to see Israel Adesanya versus John Jones or John Jones versus Anderson Silva. Izzy Jones, just because I'm, really? I, well, I'm, you got to remember too, I'm not as, like, oh. I haven't been a fan as long as you guys, so to me, Jones, Anderson wasn't as big as what okay. would have been. That's the Jones one that got away? Like, yeah. What do you think? It's for me, it's Silva, only because it, we lived in a, we were in UFC long enough in a time where that was like more of a possibility. When the Izzy Jones stuff started to come up, it, Jones had already talked about, he was like a year or so away from going up to heavyweight. I and, think it still could have happened. Um, oh, go ahead. But I felt like the time, because John Jones was per, like cemented into light heavyweight, and Anderson had won fights against former cha- right. a former champion at light heavyweight. So there was just a little bit more validity to that as far as it actually happening. And then see that's and that's why I say Jones Silva. You know, just because we did see Izzy at light heavyweight and it didn't go very well for him. Um, but we did see Silva not only go up to light heavyweight a couple of times, but he was very competitive outside of the DC fight. Um, you could argue that that fight though, um, against, um, Oh, what I, sorry. I lost my place here. Daniel Cormier or Forrest Griffin? No, DC. No, I was oh. talking about the DC. Um, my thing got all messed up. It but, wasn't his best showing. Yeah, but and- but even in the DC fight, Anderson was past his prime, mm-hmm. right? Even in that one. So it's like at that point, the fight really wasn't. He's come off hernia surgery and all yeah, types of stuff. Yeah, it just, mm-hmm. it, it really, was weird. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, I could see if you wanted to like, well, we saw him against DC and that didn't, well, yeah, but it wasn't. That that fight, the, the Jones-Silva fight could have very much happened when Anderson was still in his prime, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I say Jones-Silva, while also acknowledging the timing would have had to have made sense. Like I said, right. you didn't want to get old Silva and young hungry line and Jones, but mm-hmm. there was a time where that could have happened yeah. for sure, and and that's to me why I think that would have been bigger, or I, that's the one I wish we could have seen. Yeah. And the real deal too is the the funniness of like Izzy and John Jones are both type of fighters. Either you love them or you hate them. Yeah. And for both of them to like kind of squash that out, now they're just like yeah. this huge like heel turn, and not necessarily even a heel turn, but like they're like the ultimate we'll tag team of we'll people. See how long it lasts? That's what I yeah, say. we can see. <laughs> um, but I don't. I mean, it'll just depend on how how they interact later, I guess. Uh, next, we have the UFC Hall of Fame did their induction of Anderson Silva, Jose Aldo, Donald Cerrone, Jens Pulver, and Robbie Lawler and Rory's fight was also inducted. Uh, Anderson was not able to make it. I didn't exactly see why, but his son accepted on his behalf. Uh, Jose had a really emotional walkout and, and speech. Cerrone had a great speech as well. Um, it, was, it was great to see Jens Pulver get some love for him and some flowers. Over the past like couple of years, they've been involving him more in things, and it's been really nice to see him do that. And obviously, Robbie and Rory getting their fight that's one of the greatest of all time so um, getting a jacket getting a trophy having your walk out with your music um, the Nogueras was out there for Anderson you know everybody kind of brought out their own people so it was just really really cool to see them guys get that yeah um, also we got some pretty big news in the form of GSP returning to competition as he looks to take a grappling match at the UFC Fight Invitational later this year. His opponent has yet to be decided, but he has floated the ideas of guys like Habib, Usman, and Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. Man, you can't get much better than that for it's, grappling. They're gonna have to do one of those though, because like at this point, everybody's so excited that it's like oh, yeah. it's got to be something. They can't. It's got to be something big. I hope it's Habib. I think that's the the big big draw as far as like just to see what would have happened if if those guys would have what, what is your take on that i would love for me doing it i just don't know that he would i feel like he's the guy who's like no i'm done like i'm retired <laughs> i'm not doing it but i think between the two usman and silva 
For some reason, Silva sounds more fun to me. GSP and Silva and Jiu-Jitsu match. It'd be more, mm-hmm. probably like a more competitive, like Jiu-Jitsu-y match for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my only stipulation, it can be Habib. I'm okay with that. But I want like Habib showing up in like basketball shorts and a polo. Like, he that, probably would. That's, like, that's, uh, that would don't be, they have to wear the UFC spats though? No. Oh, okay. That, that would be, I don't, I don't know. I mean, rules don't apply to Habib. Yeah, yeah. They, the can, they can literally do what they want. But that would be my only stipulation. I want, <laughs> if we're doing Habib, like I want, I want him like in some, in one basketball short and like just like a dirty nasty like why i don't know i just think it'd be hilarious <laughs> just like the jumpsuit <laughs> yeah and i want the polo to like be a little too tight because you know he's definitely put on weight and stuff <laughs> and i want dc as commentary with islam or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's my only stipulation uh we have one more major fight announcement uh heavyweight tied to avasa and alexander volkov will meet at ufc 293 in sydney australia just good building one. that up more it's a good fight um lastly dana had made some comments um about connor he was asked he said 100% there's a chance that Connor fights this year. He's not back in the USADA testing pool, the Connor thing. Who the hell knows what's going on and how it plays out? Who cares what USADA says? We'll see what happens when it happens, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't believe anything at this point that, no. they, that they say. I mean, I just, like I said, we've, we've been sold on this fight. Now, Who's not, they? Uh, USADA or Dana? Dana. The UFC in general. Like, I just, even Connor at this point, like, uh, who knows? Yeah, on man. Twitter last night, somebody asked Connor, give us a date, and he said December. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's we've like been talking about him. Month, like. Yeah, <laughs> we've been telling we've been telling people though. There's a we we think he's going to get this you know this exception here because that's just what the UFC has done for these big fights before. I mean, Dana just said like you can't in one hand say like it's just hard to reel these guys in, and then the next week you're like screw you, Sada, it's going to happen. I mean, like it's either one or the other. Either right. Connor's really not that motivated to fight, or I don't know. Mm. I just don't even know what to think about this whole saga anymore. Mm. <laughs> Holler at me when it's booked. That's right. what I think at this point with that one. Yep. If, and if not, free Michael Chandler. Oh, jeez, that, that poor guy is like still de- like not desperate, but that dude still wants that fight. And um, and again, man, if you look at it, there's there's there is a chance there's not many options for Islam. And I mean, if Michael Chandler's all you can get, you take it, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, but you don't want to like keep him on the shelf. And then in December, Connor's still nowhere to be found. And then right. and then you're Michael Chandler sitting here like, well, I could have fought Islam back in October. And they're know? saving Connor for Islam. It wouldn't surprise me. That would be massive, but there's yeah. no way he can get it done by October. If they're talking December, there's no way he goes in right. uh, October. John, what's the song of the week? Song of the week, we're going Waka Flocka Flames, Hard in the Paint. That's another Brandon another favorite. Yeah, Brandon. We've heard it on his mix before That's in the cars. And we got to stop doing this. It's yeah, like every man. week we're picking a Brandon favorite. Uh, Brandon, what is your one for the people? Uh, Nate, glad you got your warm-up game in with your brother for Pickleball. Oh, yeah, hold on. Time out. <laughs> Actually, let me do my one for the people for the first time. Yeah. Uh, let me let me just play a clip. Uh, this this clip is from two weeks ago. Two weeks from now. Okay. Is July eighth, the okay. Saturday. Are you busy? It's a Saturday. Yeah. I'm gonna guess. Chances are. Oh, Wait, there's a UFC that night. There's a pay per view. Yeah, that night. But like, what are you doing like earlier that day? Oh, dude, it's like I, this is a pickleball challenge. It is. That's what's about to happen. So <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm the, the court. I'll have the paddles. I'll have <laughs> no, the ball. You just have it. to show up. I will make. That's time all I for want that. you to do. I will promise. I feel like I have something to do, but I will try. Mm. If we'll I do. see. He'll reschedule. But that's it right here. So I'm trying to lay that out. So two weeks. That's, that's why I try to make it two weeks that's from done. now. Done. Okay. So that clip was recorded two <laughs> weeks ago, mm-hmm. as you can hear there. We are now two weeks later, um, and let the record show, my one for the people is that on July 8th, 2023, <laughs> Nate showed up to the pickleball court. Brandon did not. Mm, yeah. yeah. 
It's true. What do you have to say for yourself? Listen, we watch it with fighting all the time. Sometimes things happen. Things happen. No, that's, guys, there's guys no, there's, have t- dates. They're supposed to show up no, and fight, and no then excuse. and then things happen. No, like you don't. Life, you don't. Life ch- happens. One king. Doesn't. Here's the other thing, Mister. I I showed up. Why didn't you send a text? Where are you at? Like because what? because here's the thing. If one king challenges another king to a war, it's not the challenge king's duty to make sure the other one shows up. I showed up to the battlefield. Mm. Where was you? He was in there your for army two hours. Dog? You could have just drove by. Or... Yeah, that's not my job to make sure you that's show true. up when but, you but issue don't you the think, challenge. But don't you oh, think you just make sure you're there? I'll have the paddles. But, but I'll there, have... <laughs> but there was no conversation about it after that. Right? There shouldn't have to be. I accepted. Well, there should have been because I I would have had to say okay, like we're going to go to this part because we didn't say where we didn't say what. That's on you though. Yeah, that's my point. That's my point. So you say, well, I showed up. I showed up. Good for you. I showed up to a pickleball court. That's what you said. And based on how you're talking about feeling afterwards, I don't feel too bad about my. My knee hurts. <laughs> my knees are definitely done for. But let me tell you, three zero against my brother. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. It wouldn't have been good for you. You are on toast if we ever play. Let's put it that way. All right. It's coming soon. It's gonna be on the YouTube, man. We're gonna oh, record it, and it's gonna be I, be I, grand. Like I would. I, I mean, dude. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you score a point. I bet I at least eleven zero you in one game. <laughs> I'm not Man, even joking. I'm really excited for this. I think yeah. is it. Could, is I you, mean, it's not even going to happen. This is becoming Chandler McGregor here. You're over here talking yeah. about USADA and restrictions. Are and you Connor? Things happen. No, I'm showing up. I'm Chandler in this. I'm <laughs> yeah. showing up for I'm, the first time. You're Connor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of a dirt. I, I had to. Turn. I show up to the pickleball court. I'm like calling my brother. Like, hey, you want to come in and play pickleball? Because apparently Brandon didn't call me up though. Didn't, didn't have to. My, yeah. I, I didn't. Well, maybe you didn't want to. You, maybe could, deep down you were happy I didn't show well, up. Because really, you should have showed up at Foster and been waiting on him, like patting the paddle. On your hand, like, right. are we doing this or what? And then he shows up and you're like, glad you showed because I challenged you. So. I think deep down, Nate's glad he got a game in with his brother because he was not sure how that was going to go. No, and I think also deep down, he's not feeling very great about when we do play. No. I'll, be, I'll be honest with you, oh God, just on. knowing Nathan. <laughs> Here's the thing: I can promise my brother is more athletic, at least off top. Than so, me? yes. Mm. So unless you have like some like filthy serve or like you have maybe a crazy, got some good spin. Yeah, you got like a forehand some, backhand some that I'm not privy to. Um, in just in just terms of just pure running and athleticism, I know my brother's probably got you beat. I'm gonna say, mm. this why is would you beat him? Huh? You more athletic than him? No, I just it's timing. What do you got? It's all about timing, man. Timing. Mm. So I just have to be better at timing than yeah, you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you've got something like that going, cool. But I'm telling you, pure athleticism, you're not gonna. Yeah. Beat what him. I will tell you, what I know about him, he would have blew out his knee to beat you. Yeah, that's true too. Like he would have been in here with like a full leg that's cast on just to get the dub. Do you think you're just like a tinge of underestimating my athleticism? No. No, no. This I is mean, like, if Jacob beat you in a foot race, no, he's dude, definitely probably. This is like, uh, like I don't get con- like. Think about the other times you see me confident like this. Chase jujitsu, like it's not like it's like okay. That's that's like the he, confidence. So, so he's saying that you are at pickleball to what he sees Chase as yes. jujitsu. Like it's just like it's just not. But you've happen. seen Chase and like jujitsu. You never even seen me play. I had never seen him. I I was out with a broken ankle when Chase. Started. I came back because he was talking before I even came back, and I was like, Chase, I could literally sit on the sideline for another two years, and you just you're not gonna catch me, man. Mm. Yeah. If I were you, challenge him sooner than later so the knee don't the knee don't heal up. That's a good point. You want to get him like if you can get him like Wednesday or something, maybe yeah. you try to make that work. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying like I don't get. I'm not a super confident person. Like I don't get like that confident in terms of like oh I can. You're not gonna beat me. Mm. Like you're just not. Your yeah. son is gonna be embarrassed if you lose too. So yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you, like, just flat out. It's just what, is, I, what does this do to your confidence? I've, I've Absolutely felt nothing. Because here's the mm. thing: if you had been playing for like months, you're. I mean, you haven't played that much either. So it's not, right. So it's not like you have like this crazy experience over me. Mm. So 
it's just not going to happen. Like I know I've seen you play soccer though in terms. Yeah, that's not good. I can give you, yeah, you can, you (laughs) could definitely be me in soccer. Uh, but in turn, I'm, uh, in terms of just, um, and I dude, well, just like playing somebody else and my brother, that's not experienced, right? He's played Mm -hmm. it a couple of times. He had played it. I had never played. I'm the one. I was a new one. You're not going to beat me. Okay. Period. John, what's your one for the people? Uh, I don't really have much, man. I just want to say appreciate everybody, like you said, that came into the kickback. You know, it makes it much fun, much funner for us when people are involved and talking. And hope you guys like some of the stuff we added with, like, the parlay and stuff. So come back and next, in three weeks. Come show us some love. It's going to be a quick turnaround. I love it. We'll be back next Monday to recap Holly Holm and Bueno Silva. Next fight card is, John, I told you to write it down. You definitely didn't. Yes, I did. You did not. <laughs> like the July 11th, I think. Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't tell him to write it down. <laughs> July 11th? It's just easy to or blame. not 11th, um, that's 17th. A, yeah. say, that's definitely a Tuesday. It's just always easy to blame John. Well, yeah. till next Monday, we'll see you then. Peace. Oh, the 22nd, Aspen on Tibera. Yeah, the London card. Yeah, it's London card, uh, July 22nd, Aspen on Tiberia. We're going to talk about it. Make sure you come back. That's a big one. Can't wait. Peace.